Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Getting into more Penn State wrestling today. Just heard from Cale Sanderson in the update. We'll get to more of his presser with... We'll get to more of his presser coming up in uh, just a little bit here with Steve. And uh, we've got more coming up. Cale Sanderson. Oh, yes. Yes, we'll have that. We're going to check in on the uh, uh, the uh, situation in Jacksonville. Got a reporter on. Covers the Jags. Yeah. The James Harden trade. Got a lot with that. We got, we got uh, Jerry Brewer from the Washington Post on that. We'll hear from Kale Sanderson. No meat this weekend. Um, I know some people were surprised by that. And I'll be honest with you, I knew about it Saturday. So that's why I was very cautious about it. Uh, As time went, I was like, eh, not so sure they're going to be able to do it. It's okay. They'll be back. They'll make up for it somewhere. Again, that's why I kept emphasizing yesterday over and over again the four-match thing. That's one of the re- certain things I say that there's a reason why I say it, and that was one of them. That's why I talked about the four-match thing. You can qualify as long as you get four. That's important. So we'll hear from Kale coming up. Um, and just for peace of mind... While the Jaguars are out uh, interviewing legitimate coaches, we'll uh, stay away from the. Uh... No. At least they're at least they made one smart move when I bring it in Urban Meyer. <laughs> you do know Urban Meyer can coach, correct? <laughs> eh, I've had enough of him. You've had enough of him. Yeah. Why have you had enough of him? Because of his, I I just don't really trust him right now. I don't know how anybody can trust him between his health issues and his not too distant past of how things ended at Ohio State. I don't see one <laughs> iota of trust in him right now. Well, you do know in the NFL you don't recruit. 
I know, but I I, I don't know. It just things about him just have rub, rubbed me the wrong way. Can he coach? Yes, I'm not denying that. But I just I, I just let me put it this way. You know, you can I just say this about Urban Meyer for a moment? What have I always said about the best analysts out there? And there are a lot of people that just are just very generic in analysis and get away with it. Okay, the best analysts I know because I work with two of them. Okay? I work with Dick Girardi, and I work with Jack Ham. You know what makes the best analyst? Best analyst is the one that when the game is over with, you feel like you learn more about not just the game you're watching, but the game itself. Okay? Urban Meyer on that pregame show is the only guy I've listened to in the last few years that when the pregame show is over, I felt like I knew more about football. All right? There have been questions I have asked James Franklin, either a quarterback club or at, on a pregame show, that have been in part an offshoot of uh, maybe a thing or two I heard from Meyer. I'll give you one. I'll give you a specific one I can give you from this past season. Meyer was talking about the Chris Davis play, and this is something I knew that James had done too. So it's not this is not foreign, okay? That the Chris Davis play, um, where he ran back the field goal for a touchdown to beat Alabama, right? You know the play I'm talking about? Yes. Good. We're after a good start then. <laughs> All right. Okay. He said, look, he said, to be honest with you, as a coach, we never really looked at that play before. He said, and we're like, holy mackerel. He said, so then we started incorporating it into our practice because just in case we ran into it, he said, because there are situations in games that are unusual. He said, and that's why you scout all of that. Situations that are unusual, you sit back and say, wow, we need to practice that because it came up. You're like, holy cow. Wow, I never really thought of that. He was talking about that in the pregame show. So I directly asked James that. I said, James, you can't look at every play yourself. I said, so do you have people on your staff that are specifically looking for unusual players or situations where you may not practice it, but you want your players to see it? And he said, Steve, we have a staff that works on that part all the time because crazy things happen in games. Now, excuse me, on game day, when has this ever been discussed? Okay, On game day, when has that ever been discussed? On game day, they talk about whether it's Tim Tebow's team or not. Okay, great. That's, that's nice. You're wasting three hours of my time. It's the ability of the, a really good analyst makes you sit back and say, oh, okay. I'll give you another one. Chase Young. He's at Ohio State. I know you're not a big fan. 
Oh, uh, I, ch- well, I mean, well, Chase Young's with Washington now, but he's a heck of a player. Right. But he's talking about, and he's showing, and he was doing showing the move, counter move, move, counter move. Same thing. Right? A lot of guys have their signature move, but do they have a counter off of it? So in terms of his football knowledge and his ability to to explain his football knowledge, he was, to me, by my taste, far and away the best pregame show analyst on a Saturday. The guy, I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about. Now, he may not be your personality type. We all know about the physical problems. You know, I mean, we all know he stepped away from Florida. I mean, my goodness, Jack and I broadcast his last game at Florida. That was against Penn State in the Outback Bowl. We know how things ended at Ohio State. But if you're Jacksonville, you've got him and you got Trevor Lawrence. You got a pretty good start. And not only that, you get the seal of approval of Philadelphia fans. They hate him. So if you've got that, you must be good. <laughs> I'm I only represent I'm only one of many. So I don't I, I that, others could and, have a different opinion than me, but that's just And me. by the way, that is the problem. <laughs> that is the problem (laughs) that you're one of many (laughs) one of many fans Eagle fans that is I don't know if they share the same sentiments as me Oh no! I you know I, I know enough Eagles fans. I mean, you you represent many of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Randy Feekner is out as the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. Sean Serrett is out as the offensive line coach, and my old friend Tom Bradley is out as the defensive backfield coach. Here is the difference. The Steelers are in an interesting spot. They've been able to keep themselves relevant for the most part year in and year out for about 20-plus years. I think that'd be fair, right? They've kept themselves relevant. At this hour, you feel like they're the third-best team in their own division. Feel like even though even though they finished ahead of Baltimore and to Cleveland, the last six to seven weeks you felt like they were getting passed out as Baltimore got hot and settled in and played well. Cleveland played well the entire time. You know, I mean, Cleveland still had problems for. I mean, they'd win a game at Dallas, but they're holding on. They beat the Steelers in Cleveland, but they were holding on. Well, they weren't holding on the other night. And I 
it is um, now with 18 free agents, a quarterback that has certainly had his best days behind, that has his best days behind him. You have a problem. You don't have a great draft position. You don't have a great cap position. You have a quarterback that's good enough to win you games, but he's but long term is he is he good enough to win you the to win you a playoff game? Now you're going to ask: Is he good enough to get you to the playoffs? There's going to be roster turnovers. It's not like they don't have some stars. Fitzpatrick's a star. Watts a star. Ben can be. Those wideouts are really good, but their offensive line is a problem, and the running game's a problem. So they made those moves today. Um, now, the Steelers are still one up on the Eagles. They have a coach. True. But I think they may want to rethink their head coach, too. But that's just why me. Do you, why do you want to get rid of people? The guy just won The guy just won 12 games, four more than last year, and you want him out. Why? Why? What? He, has, he has kept you relevant year after year after year after year. I just refer it back to, it's a little bit different, but I just I kind of go back to how things ended with Andy Reid, and I think it was one year too, a couple, one or two years too long. And I think the Steelers could be heading down that same path with Mike Tomlin. To go 11-0 and to finish the way they did, that to me, that is a fireable offense. And it's not like the Steelers no, have been great these what? last few years. What? What? That's a fireable offense? Absolutely. What Going 1-5 after an 11-0 start and getting embarrassed like that at home to Cleveland? I'm sorry. I can't. is a fireable offense, and Doug Marone got fired. Yes, as he should have. I, I just think it comes to a time where when you have a guy like Tom that's been there too long, it Matt, gets stale. I'll be, I'll be all kidding aside right now, Matt. All kidding aside. Okay. You always have to ask yourself when you make a move. Who am I going to get that is better? Okay? That's a big one. Who am I going to get? When Chip Kelly left, there was a lot of range as to who could be better. There was a lot of range as to who could be better. When Andy Reid left, there wasn't. You always have to ask yourself, whenever you make a move, is the person I'm bringing in better? Now, Doug Marone has left Jacksonville. Urban Meyer looks like he's going to get the job. You feel like they're getting better. It's the same thing with a quarterback. Okay, we got to dump him. we got to get rid of him. Okay, who's better? Who are you bringing in that's better? Now, in Jacksonville, it's going to be going from Gardner Minshew to Trevor Lawrence. So, yes, you're getting better. Right? It's going to be a big question in Washington. Who do I play a quarterback? When Washington made the move from Jay Gruden to Ron Rivera, did you feel off the bat they got better? Yes. But you always have to ask yourself, I'm making the move. 
It is easy, okay? It's the easy way out to do what you're talking about. That's easy. I can get rid of somebody. The hard part is coming up with the name that's better. That's the hard part. Sometimes the best decision you make is the decision you don't make. And as badly as you wanted Doug Peterson out, I disagree with you. I would not have made that move. Okay, That's just making a move to make a move. And I am not big on making moves just to make a move. I want to make moves with a purpose. Right now, the Eagles are looking around. They're going to interview Kellen Moore. Are you going to tell me Kellen Moore is better than Doug Peterson? For me, no, me, I don't I don't get that one either. You're gonna you're gonna tell me Gerard Mayo's better? I mean, look at the list of people they're interviewing. Who's better? For right now, nobody at the moment. Buck Shaw passed away in nineteen seventy seven, so he's out. <laughs> he was the last Eagles coach to win a a national football league championship. I mean, but that is the one question when you sit down in the conference room. You always have to ask certain questions. Okay, give me a list of people you think are better before I make this move. The next one is, I want to know from everybody here, come up with as many unintended consequences as possible. That's how you manage what bothers me is that in saying that's how you manage, right now in the in the corner office, the suit's writing this down. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a, that's a really good idea. I don't doubt that for a second. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. All right. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory, fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Iowa uh, last year was ranked number one. Penn State was not. Uh, Iowa won the Big Ten Championship. Penn State did not. So would you fire Kale Sanderson, Matt? Oh, no. I mean, they, no, they well, they fell off from a championship team. I mean, to <laughs> it also ran last year. I'm, I'm just, I just want to make sure what your. Yeah, no. He's, he's done a tremendous job with the program. I just feel it's a positive to get any positive out of you these days. All right. <laughs> Kill met with the media. Of course, they will not wrestle this weekend because uh, the program's on pause. But this will give you a good read on a team that many not only follow but love. He was asked about the COVID protocols and how they've handled it so far. Uh, well, 
it's uh, you know the board across the Big Ten. I believe everything's the same. Uh, when we compete, we're not wearing masks. When we're actually wrestling in practice, our Unfortunately, we haven't been, uh, uh, had to wear masks, but the kids do wear masks coming into practice, out of practice, every other second of the day, basically. Uh, when they're in the weight room, they're wearing masks. Uh, you know, we're getting tested six times a week now. Now we're within a few weeks of competition, or that started with when we were within a few uh, weeks of competition. I haven't really looked at some of the details about, uh, you know, how they're going to win or not. We just need to score some points and uh, we'll worry about that you know at the at the end of the match but uh yeah i don't know if that really answers your answers your question but we're, we're just kind of like everybody else we're kind of just rolling with the punches and kind of learning uh, as we go and we'll see if anything is modified but uh we're just uh, looking forward just an opportunity to compete and and uh just see what we can do and, and uh, you know get these guys out of the rooms and uh, let them go you know uh, attack some goals here jim carlson Jim? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Go ahead. Hey, Kale, I see uh, many schools are wrestling extra bouts either before or, or during the scheduled matches. Are you planning on wrestling with those extra guys? And, and might that be a way of seeing, you know, what guys not in the starting lineup can do for you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're very excited about that, actually. And under the circumstances, that's that would actually be a, a good portion of uh, the last question, just that uh, they changed the protocol. Uh, which I think is really important, and they've really done a great job, uh, the rules committee and you know leaders in in, in the wrestling world. Uh, but say you were to miss the the Big Ten tournament, you could still apply and, and get a, a wild card to the nationals. Uh, but you have to have you have to have four matches uh, to be considered for a wild card right now. So, assuming that there's going to be missed matches, unfortunately because of COVID, that, this just gives uh, you a chance to get your starters those four matches as well as getting uh because you know a positive COVID test and you're you know you're missing 17 days minimum uh, so just and we, we've got a very condensed season here obviously so just having to get to that four match mark and then being able to get potential uh backups or guys that uh would be you know any anyone that has a chance of going to the the, the conference tournament or, or the national tournament they just need to get to that that four number there so yeah we're going to wrestle uh, as many uh, exhibition matches uh, as we can uh, each each week and that's uh it's a great blessing for the you know the the guys that aren't uh the starters this year it's uh i'm excited about that it just keeps everybody engaged uh and uh maybe something we could look at doing uh, as a sport moving forward uh, we'll see okay uh, mark wogenrich go ahead well excuse me how are you um how would you describe this team this year? How has it changed since March? Uh, you know, I think that that's hard to say right now. I'm excited about this group. I think it's a close group. There's a, obviously a lot of talent. Uh, we've got some new faces, and, you know, what we're trying to put together is that next wave that kind of can roll through and, and uh, come together. And I think we have we have the leaders and and the talent needed in addition to that the mindset uh, to have a, a team that's going to go out there and and be entertaining to watch and has the ability to score a lot of points uh, but we're not going to know that until we we step on the mat and just kind of let these let these guys go and then uh, just you know our plan is just obviously the same as every other year is just compete and then 
improve each week. And that's uh, what we're looking to do this year. Hey, Cobbler. Hey, Kale, hope all's well. Um, how, uh, how would you say the 2020 ending uh, has kind of motivated this team? Uh, for this year, um, I mean, obviously the schedule's really condensed and things like that, but not having a true ending, I guess, to 2020. Uh, you know, how much is that motivating guys like Nick Lee or um, you know any of those guys that are returning this year uh, that couldn't you know couldn't make the postseason and stuff last year? Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, last year was tough for everybody in in a lot of different ways. You know, sports and college wrestling obviously is uh, no exception, um, but it's just, uh, you know, you have another chance, right? And obviously we feel bad for the seniors who lost their opportunity, but everyone else kind of gets a redo, you know. Uh, uh, Brooks gets another shot. Um, you know, Nick Lee, those guys get another shot, the guys that weren't seniors that, that graduated. So, um, but, you know, I, I'm hope, hope, hopeful they don't need uh, extra motivation or, or a reason to want to be uh, the best they can be, right? I think that's uh, ingrained in them regardless of the circumstances. And, uh, you know, everyone's in the same boat, so it doesn't really do us much good to, uh, you know, talk about what we could have done or should have done or anything. It's, it's just about moving forward and looking, looking ahead here and, and uh, just being the best we can be this year and making the most of this opportunity that, that we have ahead of us. Take a fair yet? Yeah, Kale, obviously, you know, Rec Hall and the fans sort of known for their passion, their enthusiasm, things like that. Do you envision, you know, not having fans there having any impact on your guys? I mean, I know you like to entertain and have your guys put on a show. You know, what do you think that's going to be like, not having fans? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different feel. And, uh, but, you know, wrestling's wrestling wherever it is, whenever it is, and uh, it's competition. So, uh, the same things are, are on the line. Uh, so, and, you know, I saw a coach answer this uh, somewhere, and they said it's kind of more like practice, right? And and uh, so I don't, I don't think it's going to be – yeah, it's going to be a little different, but, you know, the same things are on the line, and, uh, you know, we're trying to uh, reach some goals and be the best team that we can possibly be here, uh, fans or no fans. And, and we know that we have uh, – and they know – I mean, this is you – know, this uh, this age group and these kids and you know they, they know that, that people are watching you know I mean they're even if they're watching online you know they're, they're used to that stuff so whether they're in the arena or not there's going to be a lot of a lot of people watching and following the sport this year I think it's going to be a really exciting year especially with the NCA uh, making this a free year of eligibility I know that changed our our lineup because you know our kids a lot of them weren't really willing and you know I don't blame them at all obviously for not wanting to risk not having a season. So we had guys that were planning on taking Olympic red shirts and, and red shirting pretty much everybody that we could, uh, that was going to be the case. But as soon as they make it a free year, you know, why not? Let's, let's go, you know? So, you're, and you're seeing that across the board and, uh, you know, so everybody's best team for the most part, I would assume it is wrestling this year, you know, in the sport of wrestling where you have 9.9 scholarships and you take red shirts out and injuries or whatever, whatever, else you know is is a part of that you don't always have your best teams you know that's just the the nature of the sport and, and honoring your word to kids if they want to redshirt you let them redshirt kind of a deal but this year it's uh everybody's best team so uh, that's exciting and surface hey kale 
Uh, so obviously this season was kind of up in the air for a little bit there. So how were you able to keep your guys and your coaching staff motivated the same way they would be in any normal season? Yeah, it was uh, – well, I mean, we, we were trying to do whatever we could, you know, uh, just to keep the kids excited and, and just because there was just so much uncertainty and, and a lot of question. I think for the most part they were assuming there wasn't going to be a season. And uh, at least in our experience, in my experience, the worst thing that, you know, youth can have, probably all of us, is, is just nothing to do and free time, right? That's when you start getting into trouble. So, you know, we were working as hard as we could to just create um, some events in, in other ways just to keep them busy and having something to look forward to and, and uh, to have some goals just so they could stay motivated. Uh, obviously, when uh, the NCAA announced and we started seeing football come back in the Big Ten and, and then we knew that basketball and hockey was going to roll and, we you know, we knew that you know, we were going to have the opportunity also. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of training and, and – uh, you know, for coaches and the, the different rules, it's been you're in the wrestling room all day long because of the numbers that you can have. And uh, it's been definitely the busiest year of my life without any question, just because of, uh, you know, just the, the limitations that you can have. And you know, we're all over the place or we're all over the place. Things have calmed down now, but uh, it's definitely been a challenging year for everybody. But, you know, we love what we do. I love what I do. So, um whether it's practice or competition, we're, we're, we're having a good time. Travis Johnson. Hey, Kel, to kind of follow up on something you just said there, um, is, I guess, part of that struggle trying to maximize the practice reps you guys have because I mean, usually it's a long season, right, and you guys have tons of matches to look at and, and tweak things over a long time span where you won't have that this year. Yeah, it's definitely there's definitely a, a lot of different things to consider, and uh, I felt like our guys were in really good shape. A couple of them competed in some uh, some NLWC events, and and they were they were in such good shape. We were actually a little concerned, thinking normally we wouldn't be in this good of shape in October, right? So we kind of had to scale some things back a little bit and make some adjustments, but. More than anything, we just want to get started and compete because that's where we're going to, uh, you know, see where we really practice is great. And obviously you, you see a lot and you learn a lot about your team, but uh, you really, uh, you're going to learn the most when we're competing against other opponents and kind of, you know, in, in that true battle. Um, so we're looking forward to just wrestling somebody besides uh, ourselves. Lauren Muffler. Hi, Cam. Do you have an idea of what your starting lineup might be for Rutgers? Are there weights that are still contested? And, you know, who are some guys you might be excited to introduce Penn State Wrestling Fancy this season? Yeah, um, we we don't have our our lineup set uh, as of yet. I think, you know, if you follow the program, you have probably have a pretty good idea. Uh, You know, some of the the weight classes that are a little uh, more contested or similar to what we had last year, I would guess. Uh, well, we, we've got, we just got a lot, some, some, some good young kids uh, coming up as you've seen some, you know, we're actually fairly young as a program and, uh, but uh, yeah, I won't go, I won't go through the lineup, but you know, this is one of those years as well that like we're, we're going to have to set our lineup as we compete and we, we, we throw 
as many guys out there as we can getting those exhibition mats and just try to figure out what our best lineup is uh, before we head into the into the postseason. But, um, yeah, we have some weight classes that are a little bit more competitive. Obviously, there's some that, that aren't, aren't, but uh, but we, we have some, some good quality depth this year that we're excited about. Clay Sarkey? Hey, Carol, regarding the exhibition matches, first off, is there a limit on the number of exhibition matches at each duel? And additionally, how big are those going to be for some of the younger wrestlers that would normally be going to open tournaments this season? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't really know. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, obviously we haven't competed yet, but I saw some of the other programs that competed last week had close to 10 matches, and I thought the Big Ten, I, I'm not the person um, probably to ask these questions to. I should know them, but uh, I think uh, as of now, our only limitations was that we could only hire two officials. So, you know, that was kind of the, the cost savings from the conference, kind of the recommendation there. So, but based on what we saw last week, I think we're going to get as many matches as we can. Um, and uh, it made sense as well. You know, if you're going to wrestle in the actual dual meet, you, you have to weigh in an hour before the match. So I think the exhibitions have to take place after as opposed to before and just some different guidelines that, that make sense. But I do think you're going to see just a, you're going to see a replacement of uh, kids that normally would be redshirting, but now they're, they're challenging uh, for a spot because there's no reason why they wouldn't. Right. So it's uh, all hands on deck. You're wrestling your best team. And so I think everybody's basically in the same, in the same uh, category as far as if you're the best guy and you have the best chance to score points for the team, um, you're wrestling. Shannon Scoville? Yes, thank you so much, Kel. Um, you mentioned some of the summer events that your team has hosted. What do you think is the biggest team or biggest thing that your guys have gained from those opportunities to compete? Yeah, I think it was just something for them to look forward to and just to change things up a little bit and wrestle some good quality competition and just kind of test themselves and and see uh, how they, they would compete against outside competition. So not, nothing really, um, well, yeah, more than anything, it was just, and even we uh, and we run two programs, we run the Native Line Wrestling Club too with our staff, so we're trying to figure out how do we get our post-grads ready for the Olympic trials and the Olympic Games uh, when they, uh, you know, they're kind of in that same boat. There aren't a lot of competitions available. Things are starting to open up now. So it was just... Uh, it was just an opportunity to compete, you know, shake some uh, some dust off, re, you know, refocus and just kind of uh, more than anything have something to look forward to and train for. Kim Carlson? So, Jill, you were saying that, you know, the guys are in pretty good shape. You only have nine dates, but yet it's, you know, a rugged Big Ten. So you think those nine dates are, are enough to get ready for the postseason and, and maybe have you uh, increased live wrestling in the in the practice room? Yeah, I think that's enough. I think you're going to adjust regardless of the situation, regardless of how many matches you have. So, and everyone's in the same boat. So, you know, we're not going to overthink it. You know, we're just going to, I feel like we're ready to go now, but obviously the goal is to be ready to go in March and just building towards that and uh, improving as we, as we move along here and compete. Nate Cobbler. Uh, Kale, what um, 
what type of uh, you said? You know, this obviously being a free year, you're probably going to see every team's uh, you know best lineup, things like that. I mean, do we? Do you foresee you know um, a lot of freshmen in the starting lineup as opposed to these exhibition matches, or you know, kind of? Can you kind of tell us like what your what your thought process is when you're kind of putting together the lineups for the for the duels and things like that? Well, yeah, I think you know we're you know we're Penn State, uh, and we want to you know we've got the team aspect. Obviously, that's uh, first and foremost, and you know our kids are going to get more out of their own individual careers if they're thinking more about the team. Um, so we want to win these dual meets and be the best we can be and improve, but obviously improve uh, as we progress towards the end. Freshman or senior, uh, you know the best guys are going to compete. So, uh, and the kids that compete with the right attitude, the kids that compete with that are looking to score points that are representing the program uh, in the way that we're, you know, we're trying to, trying to look, I guess. But yeah, I mean, we have uh, freshmen that will be competing at uh, obviously 25, um, 41, 49. Um, and then we have some redshirt freshmen, you, you know, obviously uh, guys like uh, Carter and um, Aaron Brooks is a freshman again, kind of. So that's, that's nice. And, you know, kind of along the, that line uh, guys like, Joe Lee are still freshmen, uh, you know, Mike Beard's a freshman. So we've got a lot of freshmen, um, Greg, uh, Kirkley's a freshman. Uh, so, you know, we've got a lot of freshmen that could, could very likely, uh, you know, kind of lead, lead this team. And, and, uh, we've got the great leadership of a guy like Nick Lee back. And, and so we're grateful for that. Um, you know, Romans had a lot of experience and, and, uh, would be a great leader for us also. So, uh, you know, Bergie's, uh, back and, and looking uh, looking good, healthy. So that was something that we obviously uh, a year ago, less than a year ago, we weren't sure if we'd see him back. Um, so yeah, we've got a, we should have a, we should have a fun team. I mean, there's, there's going to be some very competitive teams also, which makes it more exciting, but you know, we like, we like, uh, like what we have now. That's Gail Sanderson. We'll come back. We'll talk about Urban Meyer to the Jags next half hour, final half hour of the Harden trade to the Nets and uh, trying to keep Matt from going off the rails. That's a constant battle. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 2020 was not what anyone expected. Nor did Sunbury Motors Kia think they would have their best new Kia sales in the last 22 years. SMC success is because of PPP. No, not alone. But people, product, and price. We have the same great people. Now listen to the product and price for 2021. Choose from 11 2021 Kia Fortes starting at 18665 Saving you 2640 The Kia Sportage all-wheel drive is discounted up to 3775 Sportage is start at 23490 With 22 in stock. You have to see the all-new redesigned 2021 Kia Serrano. Now with available second-row captain's chair. Buy this midsize all-wheel drive SUV for $31,990. 2021 will be even better because of PPP. People, product, and price. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Golden Strip, Routes 11 and 15, Hubble's Wharf. 